0: really make a gluten-free angel cake, I'll be telling you all in today's podcast from Gluten-Free Angela. And I'm going to talk about a few things that are quite retro, I suppose, today. Yesterday I was in the kitchen and I decided to make an angel cake. And I don't know if you remember this from your childhood days, that beautiful white pink and yellow layers with this lovely little white billowy filling and it was an angel layer cake and they were pretty cheap you know they're in on every buffet um you bought them in a block wrapped in plastic you cut them into slices and everybody loved them so this was my, um, and it's actually one my husband's favourite cake. So I came across a recipe and I thought, right, I'm going to have a go at this. And I did make it yesterday. And interestingly, um, I actually found the cake too light. The, the recipe that I had, I found it was so, so light, beautiful. But it just didn't have that, that feeling, that feel of the angel layer cake. And I thought, I'm going to have to bake this again, make it again. But what I'm going to do is not just going to use the gluten-free flour. I'm going to blend that with some almond flour. Now, just to explain, there is a bit of a difference between... It's really interesting, isn't it? When we have conversations with our non-gluten-free friends say oh yeah you can make flour almond flour by just grinding almonds and well that makes ground almonds (laughs) which we use in certain things which need to really hold moisture but sometimes you don't want something really holding moisture which is why the almond flour goes through several processes and uh, there's even defatted almond flour out there Um, it's normally about 15 pounds a bag I get it from my local health food shop it's really good if you're doing anything like a a pastry where you want a crispness it's really good in cakes as well I find that when you want it to react like a flour it's really good and gives that cake feel rather than a ground almond feel so that's a little extra bit of information when it comes to um almonds and it's not quite as simple is it as just grinding some almonds that you've got especially when you get a bag of them that are reduced if if you're walking in the um health food shop and they say all these are reduced i always buy them i always do and i just buy all of them off the shelf and i make lots and lots and lots of amazing things however we're talking about making a cake and this angel layer cake i just found it a little bit light i like a cake to have a little bit of not to sort of dissolve in my mouth i like it to so that i can actually chew and i can feel the crumbs etc however i made this angel layer cake my mom absolutely loves it she had one big piece in the afternoon about half past three four o'clock with a nice cup of tea and then after we'd had dinner, I said, do you want some cheesecake, homemade cheesecake? And she said, no, I'm all right, thank you. And then she says, can I have something to eat? Some, something sweet? I said, of course you can. Do you want a piece of cake? Oh, yeah. She polished it off again. So this recipe my mum absolutely loves. So I'll probably have to make two in future. One for me, one for her. And the thing that we don't often realise is when it comes to an angel layer cake, that filling in the middle is not just standard buttercream. It will be an Italian meringue buttercream or something interesting to give it that lovely flavour. And, and I suddenly realised when I was making this yesterday, oh my word, there is so much work goes into an angel layer cake. And it was it was lovely. The one thing that I would say is when it comes to that pink layer, I just don't like flavorings i really don't Uh, because i always think i can taste that it's a, a a flavor so i thought next time what i'm gonna have to do is go have you seen those dehydrated raspberry crumbs and i thought that's what i need to do in that pink layer and just put some dehydrated raspberries in it and i know people will look and think oh there's little specks in there However, it will just give that sour sharpness of raspberries rather than that flavoring. Um, Because you've got to be careful when, when you're starting to put things like raspberries in, it's just too wet and you really have to start combining Uh, changing recipes but the the lovely thing about this recipe that I did yesterday was that the bottom layer was vanilla and you know me I can't do vanilla can I so it had to be changed to tonka the middle one was raspberry and I actually had strawberry flavoring in there and I used that and I thought why do I ever have this I have it for when I make cakes for my niece who loves that flavoring Uh, (laughs) and then the top layer was a lemon uh, and and I thought, do you know what? We don't realise there's just a hint of lemon in that. And altogether, it was lovely. And the thing that I absolutely loved doing was put it on the top. Just put in a thick white icing on there, which is just icing sugar and some uh, and some water, and then you do another little bit that's that you put pink in and then you draw lines i i I did four lines on the top of this angel layer cake and then just um used a little cake tester where you just drag it so you get that v shape on the top and it was lovely and and i realized afterwards we've really lost that art to putting that beautiful icing on top haven't we and I think in the 70s 80s we always had that on top of cakes and I remember doing just the most simple 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 orange cake and you just make a a standard or a sponge you don't even have to layer it so good put put the rind the zest of one or two oranges in I always say put in more because then it isn't a sweet taste of orange it's a powerful taste of orange and then on the top the only thing that you put on the top is icing sugar that you've mixed with the juice of the orange so it's still thickish and it just goes so beautiful and glossy and then just put a little bit of the you know the the orange zest on the top as well I always tend to put the orange zest on after <clears throat> so I've I make sure that I put the icing on there because then you can really see the beautiful orange <coughs> and just have that with a cup of tea. It's one of the most simplest things. I realise that that icing sugar that we have on top, we've got so into having different buttercreams, different ganaches. The list is endless and there was something magnificent, absolutely magnificent about putting that on top. So I invite you to make something and just put a simple icing sugar topping on there. It's really not overly sweet. I was surprised at how little sweetness there was there because it's only the thinnest layer that you put on and it gives this beautiful glossy finish to your beautiful cake um and i really really enjoyed it and this angel layer cake i looked at it and i thought wow that's really quite impressive i have to say i didn't it i would normally even it up (laughs) it looked a little bit as if it was leaning one way but who cares this is a homemade cake and the other thing i didn't realize was it was so light, it because it was a simple recipe, um Genoese sponge, and then what you did was you put it into three bowls, applied a little bit of lemon colouring to one and a bit of lemon zest, then matonka to the other one, and then the, the pink and flavouring to the other one. Then you put them in three loaf tins and put them on top of each other, which I did. However, this is the thing that you have to do. You, as soon as you take them out of the oven, you have to get them out of those pans. If not, what will happen is your sponge will just constrict <laughs> and you'll end up with wobbly edges, which is what I did. I had left them there for about five minutes. I thought, right, I'll take them out now and put them on a cooling rack. But that was too late. So as soon as you take them out of the oven, that's what you need to do. And you will end up with perfectly straight sides that haven't started to go in on themselves. Um, but this cake was just lovely. However, when I suddenly realised I had to make an Italian meringue buttercream, I thought, oh no, like, where's my, my thermometer? Because it, it's really interesting. When you make this Italian meringue buttercream, you have to get the temperature of your boiling sugar and water right and whenever you think it's hot enough, I, I looked at it and I thought, right, that must be hot enough now. It needed to get to 120 degrees. It was only about 105. Now, I would normally, without that, have thought, right, it must be hot enough now, take it off. But you really have to keep it going putting the temperature up and up and up and up and up until you get to 120 degrees. So anyway, that's a little bit of a thing, but just get yourself a little temperature gauge. Uh, they really do come in useful when you have to do something like this. And I made this buttercream and I thought, um, well, it's nice. However, I think a buttercream, just with a butter or, you know, a, a block marge, is actually just as nice. Um, because you can put vanilla in it etc so it's entirely up to you if you're making a buttercream make it pretty thick i tend to use but make buttercream with butter with double cream and with the icing sugar which is why they're never that sweet a lot of people do put in um butter and icing sugar and that's where it gets pretty pretty um sweet but as soon as you put in that double cream with it it's fine just a little point if you are using there there are uh, vegan or dairy-free products on the market that are double cream just be careful because a lot of the time they don't whip like others they you know you can't whip them into something that will hold structure uh, they will fall but they taste lovely so just be careful because if you put that into the mix with making a buttercream you may think this is just still wet and it w- that will be the reason why um as i said they taste great i use them but they're quite hard to whip up so anyway um, i made this cake and we've only got two pieces left now my mum will have both of them today so I'm going to be making something else for her for tomorrow so who knows what I'm going to be creating but I made this this cheesecake and this cheesecake was I used some the base pre-gluten-free we never made our own bases did we so I, I don't do that now and I had a mixture of some shortbread rounds some ginger cookies and some ginger biscuits that were in a little four pack and i just mixed them together um so i and i put in about 7500 grams of butter and probably 150 grams or 200 grams something like that of the the crushed biscuits um just melted the butter put them together and then put them in lined a, a little, probably like a seven-inch square cake tin. Just lined it, put those in, put it in the in the fridge, and then my cheesecake is just the simplest cheesecake ever. I had two tubs of good quality cream cheese. Now I've spoken about this before. Sometimes I will have Longley Farm from Yorkshire because their cream cheese is fantastic I really wanted to indulge in this so I actually went to um, a little deli that I know in Radlett, and I went in there and bought their cream cheese which is really quite thick I tend to stay away from the supermarket style ones because they They are made to be really lovely and creamy and I like the sharpness that you get in what I term traditional old-fashioned old-school cream cheese and when I was young when I was little cream cheese came in a little it was like a tiny pack butter size with silver paper on the outside and you would peel it off and it would crumble. And that was the philadelphia it would crumble and it was sharp and sour and that's how it always was whereas now it is very smooth and very light in taste so that's why i like to get the traditional homemade style stuff um, and it just is so much sharper so i use a couple of packs of that if you can't get that then Do use a supermarket brand, but make sure it's a full fat one and not a low fat one, low fat one and cheesecake. Sorry, no. And what you want to do is less mixing is more. So two tubs of of that, I think they're about 300 grams each. And I put in about 100 ml of double cream and one large tablespoon of icing sugar. And I just mixed it slowly in the mixer, but you could do this by hand easily. And what you don't want to do is whip it in any way. You don't want air getting in there. You just want to mix it. And then I put about a third of a tonka bean in there, shaved tonka bean. That was it. Um, So then I take the base out of the fridge Put that topping on top and then just level it and put it back in the fridge. And that will last for a good few days in the fridge, honestly. But that's not where we finish. Now, with that cheesecake, you could do an array of anything. So some people love, and I know my dad always loved, mandarin cheesecake. So if you've got a little tin of mandarin segments, just put a few segments on that cheesecake or on a piece of cheesecake. <coughs> My dad would always look for that type of cheesecake, and it's amazing how few supermarkets you can get it in if you eat gluten. Um like he, he's fine, he can have gluten. But for me I could never have that so just being able to put in those on or if you like berries, like raspberries or um, some cherries, anything that you'd like on top. And frozen stuff is great as well. You know, every single freezer out there in every single supermarket and even in our farm shops have berries. And all you have to do is take them out half an hour before and they will be, they'll still be chilled. But they should have really defrosted quite a lot. You can put those on the top. What about those pie fillings? Princess F- pie Billings. and I know the last time I, I looked I do look on the ingredients so the cherry one has been gluten free for years and years and years it's great can you remember going out when you were little you used to have the cherry cheesecake and it had cherries on top oh my word like that's all it is and it's got a beautiful taste to it or you could go to your health food shop shop or uh, one of these amazing european style supermarkets where there's all these amazing ingredients that sour cherries that is the world of sour cherries when you look across europe oh my word uh, they are delicious on a cheesecake oh i'm going to talk about something unusual now you see in gluten-free world we know don't we that there is a sort of biscuit that comes with most coffees that we can't have it's called a biscoff Um, And for anyone who used to eat gluten, they were pretty nice biscuits, weren't they? But hey-ho, we can't have the damn things. And, well, life would be good with a little bit of cinnamon and and pizzazz. So anyway, when I went up to a cafe up in Leeds that is a 100% gluten-free bakery and cafe, they had something near the till and it was called not biscoff biscoff and this not biscoff biscoff is a gluten-free equivalent of biscoff so bless her mina the founder of wildcraft bakery makes her own biscuits gluten-free biscuits of course because their entire factory is 100% gluten-free so she did that and she made these biscuits and then she created this not biscoff biscoff and she had to get other people to taste it saying does it taste like Biscoff yet so what i did was i just put about four spoonfuls of this not biscoff biscoff on the top of my cheesecake and with a fork started to swirl through those blobs so it made this beautiful pattern on top of the cheesecake And then I got my gold glitter out and sprinkled the gold glitter on top. And that was the most amazing cheesecake. So simple, so simple, so simple. But the result was amazing. Now, for anybody who can have gluten, all of our friends, they just won't realise the importance of this. But to being able to have a beautiful cheesecake with a lovely crispy base, delicious, thick, incredible cheesecake. Not overly sweet. And this not biscoff, biscoff on top. It was just, I have felt as if I've been in heaven every time I've sat down for a piece of this cheesecake. So anyway, I I love, love, love cheesecake. I will always love cheesecake. And I love Mina for creating. This little pot of goodness. So I do think at the moment if you want the not biscoff you have to go to Leeds to get it. Um, And I was due to go up there this week and I haven't been able to. So I need to go up at the weekend and get a couple of jars because this stuff is incredible. Now you could do all sorts with this. But hey there is not biscoff biscoff out there. And I am so 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 happy that Meena's done this. So I've made my cheesecake I've made this angel layer cake and I also had lots of egg whites left because I I made something else with lots of egg, egg yolks so I had egg whites left so what else do I make I make tonka meringues and tonka meringues are quite quite amazing you just need egg white you mix it with a certain amount i think per egg is it about 70 grams of sugar caster sugar that i normally put in i did make it with less but i didn't like the results so if you're going to have meringue just do do it normally and then either some cream of tartar that you add in there or some corn flour something to stabilize it because it's so easy for them to go a little bit sloppy if not or not have that crunch and firmness but when I whenever I have egg whites left I just bake meringues and I have lots of big tins you know you know when you were little you used to go to you know if you came home from school your mum had been baking and they would be in the tin the baking tin there are always scones in there There are always like certain things in there if, if I went to my grandma and granddad's, there were always like tins with the lemon t- and jam tarts in, tins with the chocolate cake, tins with the um, sausage rolls and tins with the coconut tarts in. <coughs> so that's what would happen. And I just have these tins, the normal cake tins. And I, I put quite big meringues in there. And whenever we want a dessert and we're not quite sure what to have or if people just arrived... I could get these huge meringues out they look incredible open with that i will open a tin of the cherry pie filling stick that on the side and a little bit of cream or a little bit of ice cream and people will go wow uh, because these things are huge and just put a little bit of glitter over the top of the tonka bean meringue so that's what i do so so often so that's what I've made over the last few days and I need to bake something else again today or tomorrow because there's hardly anything left and and I was thinking do you know what the one biscuit that I used to love that I absolutely used to love and I haven't actually seen anywhere to buy certainly not commercially in 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 the shops are the Viennese Wells you know those Viennese whirls which just melt in the mouth, and you've got a little bit of buttercream and a little bit of beautiful jam. So that's my little challenge for myself today. Now, when you're making something like Viennese whirls, you want them to be like a shortbread, and in gluten free world, corn flour that mix of corn flour to give it that shortness. I think will be key in the blend so I've got one recipe that I've found I'm going to make that and I'm also going to make my own because what I tend to do is I'll look at a recipe and think "Mm, probably need to tweak that uh, because I think I need to get more um, lightness into it so it doesn't disintegrate but there is a lightness there Um, and who knows I may have to put some, some another type of flour in but I try and make it the only thing that I I always use ready mixed flour and if I need to complement it I might put in an almond flour I might um you know put in corn flour but that's really it so we're going to have a look and see but that's um that's it for today and I know that there are always the the Viennese whirls that have the jam in it and then you have the Viennese fingers don't you and those tend to have the chocolate on the ends. And I'm, I'm not so much of the chocolate fan. However, I did find some quite incredible chocolate the other day. So who knows, I may have a go at them. But I'm going to make some of them today. So I will let you know how my creation goes. <coughs> Sorry, I've had this blinking flu for about three weeks. So I've still got this bit of a cough. But one thing that I would say with Viennese Wells is restraint is key. Because what you don't want is too much sweetness out of that filling in the middle. And getting that filling right. So I have no idea which filling I'm going to make for them. But there's just something lovely when you bite into them. And these things sort of crumble. And you always end up with a shower of icing sugar don't you going over you and a shower of little crumbs as you bite into this beautiful 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 viennese world so let's see how that goes today so what are you inspired to bake what are you going to be baking this week Um, and in gluten-free world we can do most things And I will be back with you next week. So happy baking. You take care of yourself. This is Gluten-Free Angela and see you next week. Bye-bye.